Dominic, Dominic, Dominic. Highly contested. T3 on the track. The Texas high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Act like radios are off. The Texas high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Hello, and welcome to another amazing episode of Highly Contested. It is hump day. We are halfway through the week, and we got some amazing sports stories to talk about. The Lakers have now taken the 3-1 lead on the Miami Heat. Bill O'Brien just got fired from being GM and head coach of the Texans. Why are the Cowboys being such a disappointment this season? And do the Eagles deserve to be leading their division with their first win of the season in Week 4? And Joe, who is your MVP for the NFL so far after four weeks? So Joe, before we start off, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. You know, halfway through the week, almost Friday, we're halfway there. Lakers just took the lead, you know, and I wasn't here on this last podcast, but the Bills took that win on the Raiders. But uh, so I'm doing pretty good this week so far. Hey, you should thank your bank account too. (laughs) hey you know how we do over here bills mafia but we're gonna start this off with the lakers joe so joe how surprised are you that the lakers have taken the 3-1 lead and do you think that having bam and Drogic for the entire series would have changed the outcome all right so to start off i know in the beginning i said that was gonna go to a seven game series and then a couple podcasts later, after Bam and Drogic got injured, I said the uh, Lakers are going to go for a sweepage. But then the Heat won the game, a game three, and I was surprised. And I'm I'm not as surprised now that the Lakers took this lead because of how well they've been playing. Yes, game three there was a slip up; they didn't get as many rebounds as the Heat and. Their scoring was not as good, but they picked up in game four, and I, I'm going to change my thing again. I think the Heat are going to lose this next game, and the finals is going to go to the Lakers. But all in all, I say it's been a pretty good finals. Yeah, so Lakers in five is what I got it at. Um, so game three... Miami Heat were able to win without Bam or Drogic. And then in game four, they were able to get Bam back. And they lost the game. So what are your thoughts on Bam's impact so far? I mean, uh, he had a pretty okay game. Um, I'm going to look up his box score real quick. But from what I've seen, he had an okay game. Yeah, he definitely played well surprisingly to me on his first game back i thought he might have struggled some more but he definitely looked good and it was a pretty close game for the majority of the game the lakers were able to close out in the fourth quarter uh ad had some clutch blocks he hit a clutch three-pointer in the last couple minutes of the game yeah um and uh bams he he only scored 15 points seven rebounds and one steal and one block i mean that's okay stats, but you're a starter. You need to be more productive 
Because what we've been seeing about AD, he needs to be more productive, more rebounds, more points. That Bam needs to do that if he wants to help his team stay in the finals. Yeah, I think he had an okay stat line, like you said. Uh, it was his first game back, so we weren't really sure what to expect from him coming back. But like you said, he had 15 points, but he was also plus three in the plus minus category. Mm-hmm. So he he didn't play bad. You know, he's in charge of a lot of the defensive duties on like Anthony Davis and switching on other players. So he's got a tougher challenge being their only rim protector in the back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the other starters, they played well. Like, Hero had 21 points. Robinson had 17. Butler had 22. I think Butler should have, you know, been a little more aggressive. He only had 22 points. I think he should have been in the 30 range for for them to have a a real chance. And, you know, the things I'm seeing from Butler is he's getting great shots inside. But he's passing up a lot of three-pointers. He's he's not taking too many three-pointers. He only attempted three in the game, and he didn't make one of them. So I see a lot of times in these games, he, he gets the pass, and he's got a nice open shot for the three-pointer, but he passes it up. Maybe he drives in, or he kicks it back out. And I think he's got to take advantage when he has an open three because he can hit it. He's just shying away from it for some reason. Do you think? Do you think Butler has to be more aggressive on his shooting? Oh yeah, he's the star of this team. He needs to be the he needs to be the most aggressive person on this team. But I think that in his mindset, he doesn't want to be selfish with the ball. He wants to be that team player of like you know he shot three three pointers and he missed both of them, and he had open ones that he could have took, but he decided to either drive in or pass it out. He needs to be that guy, that guy guy, you know, to hit those threes, make the open ones, do whatever you can to get this team that W next game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he flirted with Ole Miss triple-double again. He had 22 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists. So he definitely was facilitating with those 9 assists. Uh, like I said, I, I just seen him. He he had a lot of open shots from deep that he just passed up on. And he, he's a good shooter. He's not terrible. He's not the best. But he can hit them. And I think... You know, he definitely should have took more attempts at it. And uh, for the Lakers side, I I need Anthony Davis to be more aggressive. He only had four free throws and he didn't get them until later on in the game. It was either end of the first or end of the second quarter or end of the third quarter, I believe. But he only had four free throws and. Like I said, this Miami Heat, they're small. So he needs to take advantage of that size difference. And I know they were they were double teaming and switching a lot on him. So, you know, it made it tough for him. You know, they were forcing a lot of turnovers for the Lakers. And uh, LeBron had a lot of f- turnovers also. He had six turnovers. So mm-hmm. they were doing a good job switching. You know, Iggy was playing great defense. Butler, you know, bam. They were doing a great job early on, frustrating the Lakers, causing turnovers so defensively they i feel like miami did the right adjustments early on but Mm -hmm. towards the end the lakers were able to prevail yeah and like i said anthony davis he had nine rebounds i still would like to see that higher you it's better than what you what he had last last game he had like five rebounds last game but that that rebound numbers need to go up and his points need to go up too because 
22 sitting at 22 points today's game he needs to be at least in a 30s a high um mid 30s maybe low 30s as a, as a star of this team you know he does have lebron doing the hard work with 28 yeah uh when we're looking at the box score for this game it's pretty well balanced like when I'm looking at the shooting percentages, whether it's field goal, three free throws, it's mm-hmm. all pretty even. I'm looking at turnovers. They're tied at 15. So this game was very close. And, you know, it, it just came down to really the end because no one had a huge gap. The largest lead was nine by the Lakers. Yeah. But th- this whole game was very close. And it just came up to the end. And like I said, Anthony Davis had a clutch block on Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So Anthony. Anthony Davis played great, you know, especially towards the end. LeBron had a good game. You know, he had a lot of turnovers, like I said, with those six. Um, But all in all, they're up 3-1. What do you think Miami's got to do for the next game to keep this going? So I say, and that they need to take it back to game three. I need to see Jimmy Butler go off. I need him to at least score high 30s low 40 points and hero to be the to be that secondary he needs to get at least maybe 30 points because they need to score the lakers are a high offensive team that will score on the almost in every single possession they have the he have to match that and they they have they need to do it it's, it's this could be their final game of the season of the finals whatever they have to play like they have to play like it's going to be their last. They need to win this game. Yeah, they definitely need to play like it's their last because it could be if they don't come out with the win. Exactly. And I, I do agree. Jimmy Butler, we, we know he doesn't care about his stats, but he definitely needs to go out there with the mentality to score. Because if he's scoring, you know, he, he's got shooters all around that can get open. They move great off the ball. So if he's scoring and he's causing a double team on him, he will find those easy open teammates for Mm -hmm. wide open shots. So I do think he's got to go out there. He's got to score more than 22 points. He's the best player on this team. And if we're talking about any other, you know, best player on any other team with only 22 points, I feel like we'd be crucifying him. You know, if LeBron had 22 points in a loss, they'd be saying a lot of things. You know, if this was James Harden, you know, and he only had 22 points, I'm sure they'd be crucifying him too, saying he needs to be more aggressive. He's got to score more. Um, so Jimmy Butler, I know he's not really known to be that guy when it comes to scoring 30, 40 points at will every night, but to extend this finals run for them and give them a chance to make a comeback in this series, I do think he needs to go out there and score around 30. Yeah. He needs to be that guy, this game, this next game. Yeah. I think if he goes out there with that mentality, like I said, everyone else, the, the pieces will fall where they fall. And they'll be open and they'll make their shots, but we need to see Jimmy out there doing what Jimmy can do and score, put the team on his back like he did in game three. Yeah, that's what we that's what we need to see. And hopefully he could do it, but we'll find out. Yeah, so moving on to the NFL, Joe. So the Houston Texans fired their GM and head coach in Bill O'Brien. Who do you think will replace him? So, for right now, they they hired the well. They have an intern he, uh, head coach in Romeo Cornell. So, for the list for the listeners and you, George, uh, 
I got five potential targets for the Texans head coach job in no particular order though. So for one, I got um, Brian Leftwich, the Bucks offensive coordinator. He's been learning from a great teacher in Bruce Arians with his high octane offense, which could translate good for the Texans. Um, Robert Sally, he's the, the uh, defensive coordinator for the 49ers. He has, he's been the monster behind that scary defense and would be a great asset to the Texans. And on three, uh, we're going to the college, uh, Lincoln Riley uh, from Oklahoma. He's the head coach there and his name has been floating around the NFL for quite some time. And this could be a good opportunity for him. And, um, number four, I got Brian Dubois, Dubois. The offensive coordinator for the Bills, his offense has been moving and grooving throughout the league, and this could be his time to have be an offensive coach, um, a head coach. And um, for number five, I got Eric uh, Benini, Benini, um, the offensive uh, coordinator for the Chiefs. He's been wonderful with Mahomes and should pair perfectly with Watson because Watson Mahomes could be that style of player from the Chiefs. Yeah, all great choices. And, you know, Mahomes and Watson are both one of those elite quarterbacks that are going to be the face of the league for mm-hmm. the next, you know, 10, 15 plus years. But John, I'm ask you a quick question. You okay. know, those were all great candidates. So do you think that their new head coach should also be the GM of the team or strictly be head coach? Because we saw Bill O'Brien was both. He played both roles, GM and head coach. So do you think that the next head coach should also be the GM or strictly the head coach? See, he the next head coach just needs to be the strictly the head coach. You need to have that yin, yin and yang. You need you need to have that person that will fight back when like with bump heads at the at perfect times, you know, you need a, a compliment each other but you know that someone say hey you can't do that no you don't do that trade don't do that don't do don't do anything that would mess up this team as bad as it already is right now so and this this team is in a state right now that it's going to take a couple maybe a season or two to at least get back to that playoff wins but they need to hire a strictly a gm and a strict strictly a head coach what do you think yeah, I agree. I, th- I think they need to separate it. We've seen this, you know, with Bill O'Brien and other people in the past where you give them all that power, you know, the responsibility of GM and head coach, and it usually doesn't work out, you know, and I think in this case, Bill O'Brien, the general manager, got um, Bill O'Brien, the head coach fired because Bill O'Brien was a good coach. You know, he was winning this division. He was making the playoffs. So he wasn't a bad head coach, but I think the the general manager of Bill O'Brien is what got him as the head coach fired because he made some some moves that were highly questionable. And, you know, if I was the owner, I would definitely be highly contested with him about the decisions he made. You know, we saw him recently. He traded wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals for David Johnson and the Texans also required or acquired a second round pick out of it. They traded J- Jadavian Clowney to the Seahawks for 
Barcavias, Mingo, Jacob Martin, and a third round pick. And then the Texans don't have a first or a second round pick in the 2021 draft. So the Texans aren't looking too great future wise, you know, with, with they're not going to have too many picks coming up and they got a big salary cap hit. You know, they just paid DeAndre or not DeAndre Hopkins. They just paid uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, with that massive contract. So it's going to be interesting, you know, moving forward, how they're able to maneuver and, you know, whoever the next GM is, is going to be in a difficult spot, not having those draft picks in the upcoming seasons coming. Yeah. And don't forget, they also traded um, some players for um, Laramie Tunsil as well. And um, yeah. I, I would oh, go ahead, George. No, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, and for the Steve, for the McNair family, the, the the owners of the Texans, I say they need to get rid of everyone that Bill O'Brien came brought in, either as a coach, or whatever. Because I know he brought some people in, and I think they need to go as well. They need to get them out of there. So you think just a, a fresh new start all around? Yes. All new start. Just you, you have to pick up the pieces somehow, and you might as well start all over. Yeah. How do you think this is going to be for Deshaun Watson's career in the next, let's say, year or two? You think this is going to slow him down because, you know, with the new head coach, a new GM, and not just like, you know, this is week five that we're going to be going into. So it's not like, you know, he had all off season, you know, maybe to learn a new system, but this is going to be coming in week five where they got a new head coach and they're still going to be looking for a GM. So how do you think this in the short term will play out for Deshaun Watson? Cause I think he's a great talent and oh, yeah. you know, he, he can extend plays and make things happen off script, but without the, you know, right personnel around him and with the organization, you know, pretty much restarting, you know, how, how will this affect him in the short term? Yeah, it, it will definitely slow him down a little bit, but like you said, Deshaun Watson is a great and talented player, which I think he could overcome it. It's just that he needs that protection around him. Around him, the offensive line is whack, so I, they need to they need to protect Watson. So I, even though they don't have a first or second round pick in this upcoming draft, I think they need to move some players. Keep the one, keep the stars that you got, but you need to move some players, get some picks, move those picks till you get maybe at least a second round pick if you have to, and protect Watson, and then strictly focus on the defense because I know they got they got some good receivers in Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, and all that, but they they need to protect Watson. That's their main focal point of this team. And J.J. Watt on the other side, he he needs help. He can't be the only one getting rushing to the QB, you know. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And for their head coach, I I don't really have per se a name in mind, but I got more of a style in uh-huh. mind. So I, I think they should move in the style like the Packers went in, the 49ers went in, and the Cardinals went in, where you go with a younger head coach you know, more explosive type, like a Matt LaFleur, a Kyle Shanahan, a Clint Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. that type of style that maybe fits with the younger quarterbacks of, you know, a Deshaun Watson and give him maybe more yeah. of that college type of feel, you know? I think that's yeah. the style that they should move in versus maybe a, you know, older head coach that is more stuck in his ways on how the game used to be versus where it's moving. Yeah, that that will be pretty great. Um, like I said, um, um, one of my projections of who the coaches are, if they want to go younger, uh, like I said, Lincoln Riley, he's thirty seven. He's he's younger. He's younger but not old, but he's 37 years old and he's from coming from the college and that play style could be good for the Texans. Cause it is with the young quarterback and I know they like to run those. They run a little bit. So that might, like I said, that might be a good fit for them. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And we we've seen success. So even like with the Rams, when they first got their, their coach, uh, they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. you know, we're going to see what the Cardinals could do this season. They look real good. We saw what the 49ers can do. They went to the Super Bowl. We saw what the Packers did, you know, they made it to the NFC championship. So I, th- I think this is the way that the NFL is moving. And I think they should jump on board now while, you know, Deshaun Watson is still, ascending and i i don't even think he's in his prime yet i I still think he could be a lot better and that just speaks to him as a talent and a person and a player you know he's already really great and i think he can still be better so i think the right coach to help him out especially with the explosive weapons that they have at wide receiver you know would do tremendous for his career and the organization moving forward oh yeah i agree yeah, so we're going to move on to our next topic, Joe, and it's the Cowboys. So they've had a disappointing season so far. They have one win on their record, and they just lost to the Browns. So what are your thoughts on the Cowboys season and their reason for being a disappointment up until week four? All right, so the Cowboys, have, they have all the right pieces in play. But they cannot c- compete this season with only fourth quarter comebacks as their one win states against the Falcons. And they almost, they, they keep trying to come back in, in the fourth quarters. They need to start out strong and aggressive, and they also need to hold on to the ball because they, they've been a little fumble happy lately. And they're, they're sitting third in the division behind the B- Eagles. And the Washington football team. Come on now. It's the Washington football team. You can't sit behind third behind them. And if y'all continue to lose, they might might also be looking into the market of a new head coach, even though they just got one, or possibly not sign um, Dak. I know he was looking for that money, and the way he's been playing right now, He's proven a point why Jerry Jerry Jones didn't sign him last season. Yeah. Um, so to your turn, turnover, they're actually second worst in the NFL when it comes to turnovers. So that offense needs to protect the ball. And like you said, they can't just depend on fourth quarter comebacks. They got to start early and, you know, not always be in comeback mode. And I know that's when Dak seems to play his best is in comeback mode, but you know, with all those weapons around them, you know, they were supposed to be Super Bowl contenders. And at this point, 
who knows if they could even win their division. You know, they're they're more yeah. like division pretenders at this point versus <laughs> Super Bowl contenders. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys have now allowed 38 plus points in their last three games. They've also allowed a combined 146 points. Uh, so for the season, one of the worst defenses in Cowboys history. And like I already said, they're the second worst team when it comes to turnovers. And Joe, I, w- I want your opinion. Who uh-huh. who do you think is to blame for their lack of success this season to this point? Uh, see, that that's good. that's a hard one because I know everyone likes to point towards the head coach because that's the easiest scapegoat you could go to. But Dak, he needs to play better. He's the leader of that offense, and he has to act like it. And like I said, he's proven a point why Jerry Jones didn't assign him last year because Jerry Jones knew there was going to be a mess up somewhere, and look what he's doing now. He's messing up on plays. He's fumbling it. uh, Elliot's fumbling it, and he got paid. And – I wonder, I wonder why that's what Jerry Jones is thinking about that. And like I said, he, Jerry Jones is – he knew what was right, and he'll probably possibly be looking for a new QB, if not a QB, a, head, a new head coach. Yeah, I'm not going to say Jerry Jones was right because, I mean, yeah, it's it's fair to give Dak some of that criticism because he is the quarterback, and, you know, when things go right, they get all the praise, and when things go wrong, they get a lot of the the downfall as well. But to me, this comes down to Jerry Jones. So he decided to pay a lot of these uh, players and overpay them. So we could start with Amari, Zeke, Demarcus Lawrence, Arison Griffin, Zach Martin, Tyron Crawford, Jalen Smith. He overpaid a lot of these guys, and Dak is taking a big hit too because he signed the franchise tag. So... He didn't get an extension, but he he has taken a good amount of that uh, cap hit. Mm-hmm. But Zeke had a crucial fumble in that Browns game. Demarcus Lawrence, Arison Griffin com- combined for zero sacks and zero hits. Uh, Tyron Crawford got manhandled in the run game against the Browns. Jalen Smith had penalties and missed tackles. So to me... Jerry Jones decided to overpay for most of these players who haven't performed since they've gotten their contracts while deciding to not pay for his quarterback who is playing fine. Like he's not, I don't think he is their number one reason. Like I said, they got one of the worst defenses in Cowboys history. Uh, But again, you know, they are turning over the ball a lot. So if you got a bad defense and you keep putting them back on the field, it's not going to help your defense. You know, you need to give your defense more time on the sideline, especially if they are a poor defense. But I think Jerry Jones, he's decided to pay the wrong people when it comes to who he's written these checks for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But, you know, Jerry Jones says he ain't afraid to write a, a big number in his checkbook. So he saw, That's what he saw potential in these players, but... Like you're saying, they're they're not living up to this to their paychecks. Yeah, he said he's not afraid to sign a big paycheck, but he didn't do it for Dak. So I don't know, and I, I just think he's made the wrong decision when paying a lot of these players. I'm not going to say none of them were worth it, but he he overpaid for a lot of them 
when he probably could have signed him for less and had more room to maybe make a deal for Dak, who is the most important position in the game of football. But again, I, I a lot of these players, they haven't pr- produced since that contract. And, you know, that, that comes down to Jerry, I believe, you know, he, yeah. he decided to give him a contract. He decided to overpay him and now they're not producing. So these, I mean, at the end of the day, these, this team needs to produce because they got a lot of talent, explosive talent. And to be, you know, what third in their division behind the Eagles and the Washington football team and only ahead of the New York giants, that is not acceptable, especially for the, you know, where they were supposed to be, where they were projected to be. Like I said, they were projected to be Super Bowl contenders. And at this point, we don't even know if they'll come out their division. Yeah. They had, they had so many high expectations through all through the, in the, um, in the off season. But um, like you're saying, they're dropping a lot of balls and that goes to the receivers, receivers dropping the balls. Cause I know Dak can mess up the, the throw sometimes, but Dak is putting it in the right spot and the receivers aren't catching them. And, and I know Mari Cooper had a couple, a few drops, a key drops, and um, he and he's kind of looking like what he was like what he was on the Raiders, dropping open passes, and and I know Jerry Jones, like you said, signed up for a big contract, and I think he's one of the players that could have been signed for a little less, and probably get, put more money in the pockets for Dak. What do you think? Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, I'm going to ask you another question, Joe. So we're going to stay in this division, but do you think that the Eagles will still finish first in their division? Or do you see another team overtaking that first? Because as of right now, they are in first place due to their tie that they had. (laughs) Honestly, that whole division is a joke right now. I don't see the Eagles staying in that one position. I do think the Cowboys will end up being in that top division. They just need to find something and get it, find it quick. But as of right now, they shouldn't be up there. I'm surprised the Redskins are in, in the second spot with one game, with one winning game. And it's, like I said, that div- whole division is a joke right now. Sitting at one, three, and one, it's it's. Kind of, it's retarded. Not retarded. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a joke. Yeah, um, definitely. Like they are one of the worst divisions in football right now, which is sad to say because you know, like we said, the Cowboys had high expectations, the Eagles had high expectations, and they're just not performing. And like you said earlier, you know the the Cowboys should really be. Oh, and four, if the Falcons didn't blow that game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they need me, they need to make changes all around, you know, or coach needs to give them a nice speech, lit something under their, you know, what's and get them fired up. And maybe this is, you know, due to a new head coach and, you know, maybe they're still getting used to the system. You know, there was no preseason. You know, who, who knows what the real reason is, but at the end of the day, there is no excuse, especially if you're the Dallas Cowboys, who is, quote unquote, America's team. You know, they got 
you know, a bullseye on their backs every year just for being the Cowboys. And with the talent and players that they have on their rosters, there's no excuse for this poor performance of a start. Yeah. And this division used to be really good. The The Eagles won a championship. The Cowboys were always in playoffs. The Giants were, before Eli Manning struggles, they were in playoffs all the time. It was just that, that Redskins team that was always in, a, in the lower level of the division. And that used to be a great division, like I said. But now it's just turning into a division that no one really respects anymore. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the Giants had some expectations too this season. But, of course, you know, Saquon Barkley got hurt. And Danny Dimes hasn't looked as great as some people thought he would look. So they're 0-4 right now. But, yeah, this division right now is it, it's a joke. And, you know, the, like I said, people are scoring at will on these teams. They're rushing at will on this team. And it's going to be a long season if this division can't get their act together. Oh yeah, and do you think do your Bills play this division? This- no, uh, they played them last season. So this year the Bills are playing, you know, their division, which has the Dolphins, the Jets, the Patriots, and then they're playing the division with the Niners and Seahawks, okay, and the Cardinals. So, yeah. uh, I was about to say, with that division, your your team could go. Another four and zero. Your team could be an eight and zero right now if you guys played that division straight. Oh yeah, and uh, you know who whoever plays this division has a nice easy schedule coming forward. And make sure to start every player that's playing against them too on your fantasy football team. Oh yeah, <laughs> and if you you got a defense and you're on the wire for them, if they're playing any of these teams, you might as well start them too. All right, just so, so we're gonna move forward, right and. Up until week four, who has been your NFL season MVP? I'm gonna have to say that there's there's a guy there's there's a guy in our division. He's been lighting up the stat board. He's just been looking phenomenal out there. I'm about to say Patrick Mahomes. Like I said, he's been looking phenomenal, flawless. He's making every player look great. Made makes Sammy Watkins look good. I know he was he had a bad stint with the Bills. He's making him look great. And all in all, their record speaks for themselves. That's why they're winning. It's because of him. He's making the passes when the passes need to be catched. He's calling the right plays. Well, he's not calling the plays. He's making it the audible shows that he needs to make an audible. He'll make an audible, make make the right calls. And he's just opening everything up for everyone, even the run play. He, the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs like to run an RPO style off offense too. And on the RPO, he could give it to the running back, and he could take off. And the defenses are scared of that because either the running back could take off, Patrick Mahomes could pass it, or Patrick Mahomes can run for it. It's he runs that offense. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's going to be a lot of people's choices, at least up until this point in the uh, season and probably moving forward as well is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. My pick though is going to be more of a dark horse pick and you know, you know how I do. I got to go with the dark horse. I got to show some love to the underdog. (laughs) So my pick is the one and only Josh Allen. (laughs) He, He is right now second 
in the NFL when it comes to yards. Mm -hmm. He has 1,326 yards. He's second in yards per game with 331 and a half. The only person ahead of him is Dak Prescott, who's been getting a lot of these yards because of garbage time and trying to catch up like we were discussing. You know, Josh Allen is doing this in the in the flow of the game. You know, he's not yeah. doing it because they're down 40 points and he's in comeback mode. He's doing this through the flow of the game. He's been balling this season. He's also third in touchdowns with 12 touchdowns to one interception. The only two players ahead of him is Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. He is third in QBR at 87.1. The only two players ahead of him in this category is Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. And on top of his 12 throwing touchdowns, Joe, he also has three rushing touchdowns. And to top it off, he is sitting at 4-0 right now, undefeated. And like you touched up on earlier, the division he plays in is one of the easier divisions with, you know, the Dolphins and the Jets and the Patriots. I'm not going to say those are easy wins, but I can easily see them splitting, you know, a game with the Patriots, you know, going one and one with them. Mm -hmm. But like I said, we go into another division with the 49ers who are dealing with a lot of injuries. So those could be some wins right there. You know, he's going against the Cardinals, the Rams. He already beat the Rams. So I see, you know, this Bills team having a really good record this season. And if he's able to stay on pace at the pace that he's at right now, I can see him being the NFL regular season MVP. Okay. Um, that's a good answer. And I'm going to ask you a question on that. If Josh Allen was on a different team, say a Washington football team, do you think he he could still be an MVP the way he like if he's playing the same way uh, as on the Bills, but with just the Washington football team, do you think you'll still consider him as a um, as an MVP candidate with the Washington record? See, that, that's a tough one, Joe, because, you know, the NFL, th there's a lot of moving parts that go into a team, right? Yeah. So there's coaching, there's personnel, there's, you know, who are your weapons? Who are you throwing to? What's your line look like? You know, how good is your defense? You know, there, there's so many things that go into a team success, but especially a quarterback success, because we've seen, you know, players that go into the right system are it's it's better to go into the right system than just be the number one pick, you know, Yeah. In, in some instances. Like, for example, Patrick Mahomes, he wasn't the number one overall pick, but he went into probably the best system, especially for his play style, you know. So would would Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes, you know, with let's say let's say Chicago Bears took him. I still think he'd be elite. But would he be a Super Bowl MVP and a regular season MVP? I'd, I don't know. You know, so going back to Josh Allen, I think he'd still be good. I don't think he'd make the the progression and the jumps that he's made like he's done with the Bills because I, I got to give props to the organization and the coaching. Every year, Josh Allen has taken steps forward to become better um, when it comes to his accuracy, his decision making, when to run, when not to run, because we see he does like to rush. And, you know, so... 
I'm not going to go out there and say he'd be looking this good on another team, especially on a poor team. Mm-hmm. Maybe on a, maybe if you said on a good team, would he look this good or better? Maybe. But if you're just going to throw him on another bad NFL team, I'm not going to say that he would look that good. And we got to remember, he was the seventh overall pick for the Buffalo Bills. So he's been performing so far. And like I said, he's basically top three in a lot of the major stats for quarterback. So if he's able to pace this out and continue to win and win the division, I think he can make a real case for himself to be MVP. And again, you know, there's going to be other great contenders out there like Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes or um, Lamar Jackson. So it's going to be interesting to see who is able to stay on pace and do what for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a that's a solid answer. I tried putting you on the hot seat there, but um, going back to Russell Wilson and staying on pace, he's looking he's looking really good every single game, and that could also be in like you said another contender for the MVP race. Oh yeah, and you know it's week four, you know, so it's still early to pick, but it, it is fun to pick early, you know. But it's week four, so there's a lot of players out there. Russell Wilson can easily be made a case for MVP for now. And, you know, he's he was in the conversation last year. He's always in the conversation. He's always playing great. And, you know, he's got weapons with him too. And he could be made a case for MVP. Patrick Mahomes could be. And, you know, I'm going to go with the dark horse, Josh Allen, and we'll see at the end of the season. And best believe if I'm right, you're going to hear about it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know we will. Because you know me, I like to pick them and I like to pick them right. <laughs> That's why. But here's the thing, though. That's why I do the weekly pickums. I, I gotta let you pick one thing. You know, I gotta give you a highlight to your week. <laughs> all right. Can't take can't take all the fun from you, Joe. All right. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. So, do, do you think Josh Allen could have a solid, legitimate case, or? Do you think I am full of bull jive, Joe? Uh, you you are definitely not full of bull jive. I as the way he's been playing right now, yes. As of now, he will definitely be in talks of the MVP race. He's he put he put a whooping on the Raiders. He put a whooping on on the prior teams. He is playing real good football, and I want to see what he does to the rest of these weeks to continue if if there is talks about him to continue those talks or the people to start talking about him those talks will help him in that MVP race and this playing it will help him too yeah and the bills they normally have a solid defense behind them and they haven't performed you know to that top 5ish where they've been the last couple of seasons but like like we said, there's no preseason. So if that defense catches up, like that offense is playing at right now, that could be a deadly team to play. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, Joe. We're going to be finishing up here. But you know what we got to end with? Your Thursday night weekly pick em. So, Joe, the Buccaneers are playing the or the Bears. So who do you got winning this? That's easy, man. <laughs> the Bucks, man. The Bucks are playing real good right now. And I 
I can't see the Bears winning this game. We do, like I said prior to the other Bears, um, Bears, the other Bears games. We don't know which type of Bear team are we getting every week. That's true, but both teams are sitting three one. So you got the Bucks coming out. Yeah, I got the Bucks winning this one, and don't be surprised if it's a if it's going to be a blowout. All right. Well. You heard it here first. Joe's weekly pick him. He's got the bucks. So we're going to end it on that note, Joe. So thanks for everyone listening. And we'll be posting a podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So stay with it. Thank you. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs>